welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 to 10. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then... The Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first time I really paid attention to... That's later. You look forward to that video. It's a little bit later. <laughs> the first time I really paid attention to our second scripture lesson, the story of the boy Samuel sleeping on the temple floor, I was a camper at Camp Cherokee. No doubt many of you remember Camp Cherokee. It was a Presbyterian camp on Lake Alatoona. A few here for campers there. Many others in this church remember sending their kids up there. I was first a camper, then I was a counselor, and as a nine or ten-year-old camper, I had the opportunity to act out this story for an evening Vespers service. I was chosen for the starring role of the boy Samuel, so I know this story well. I embodied it. That may sound something like, I'm not a doctor, but I played one on TV. I'm not an Old Testament scholar. I'm not Samuel, but during the chapel service at Camp Cherokee, I pretended to be Samuel, asleep on the temple floor. And ever since then, I've loved this scripture lesson. While I played Samuel, one friend played old Eli, another was the voice of God, what I remember most was waking up old Eli. I thought it would add some punch to the story if the third time I heard the voice, I ad-libbed a little bit. So I said something like, enough of this, you old fogey. I'm trying to sleep in that other room. Quit calling me. 
I remember that. Then in youth group here at this church, when I was in middle school and high school, we would sing the song that the second scripture lesson is based on. We'll, we'll sing it again at the end of this service. It goes, here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. As a young person who dreamed of being a preacher someday, singing that hymn with the youth group, I was always hoping that it might be true that God would call me by name and would want me to do something. But it is one thing to hear a voice. It is one thing to hear a call. And it is another thing to know that it is God calling. That's why I love this second scripture lesson because here I see that even Samuel, who was sleeping on the temple floor, the very place he had been raised to know that God lived, even he didn't believe that God would ever call him to do anything. Four times God had to call him. The first three times, Samuel assumed that it was Eli, even though he was sleeping on the temple floor where God was known to live, even though he was sleeping right beside the Ark of the Covenant that was known to be God's throne. Think about that. We imagine that the heroes of the Bible were all like Charlton Heston playing the role of Moses. And that old movie, Charlton Heston looked out on the sea with confidence. He just dared the water not to divide, sure that the people would survive, and positive that God was at work, maybe because he already knew the end of the story. Yet in the Bible, we see that the likes of Moses led the people through the sea like a flock of sheep. You ever been around sheep? Have you ever led a flock of sheep through once, through what once was a body of water? Sheep are scared. So are we. So was Moses. So was Samuel. Here then in our second scripture lesson, a lesson about faith and how faith is passed down from one generation to the next. Hear the account in the Bible and forget about how Hollywood tells it. For as faith is passed down, it's not always pretty. It's often terrifying. God's people doubt and question when God speaks. Even Samuel had to learn how to listen. So let us give thanks for Eli today, for Eli taught Samuel how to do it. Our second scripture lesson began, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Not yet is one of those great phrases. Our second scripture lesson repeats not yet three times. 
Eli had not yet completely lost his eyesight, but it had begun to grow dim. He wasn't blind, not yet. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. It was flickering, but the light had not gone out. Not yet. Of course, as Eli aged and considered what would happen to the temple when he was gone, he wondered who would maintain the worship life of his nation, and he looked to his sons. They were still alive. They hadn't proved themselves to be completely useless. Not yet, anyway. But the light was flickering. So surely, as Eli lay waiting for sleep or death to take him, he worried about what would happen after he was gone. Who would take over? Who would carry on the tradition? Who would remind the people of God's mighty hand that acts to change the course of human history? In those days of Eli, visions were not widespread. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Scripture tells us the light was flickering. Would it go out? Who would carry on? So much of what our ancestors cherished has been lost, hasn't it? I mentioned Camp Cherokee a moment ago. I love Camp Cherokee. My sister really loved that place. There's no place on this earth where I've ever seen her happier than when she was at Camp Cherokee. After going to camp there for summers in elementary school, we both became counselors. The summer we were counselors together was probably the summer we were the closest because that whole summer we spent together. But now, that camp has closed. It's gone. The light has gone out. So also has the light gone out on all kinds of things to which we might say good riddance. The light has gone out on rotary phones. The light has gone out on fax machines. The light has gone out on segregation, poll taxes. The light has mostly gone out on pantyhose. <laughs> we mourn the loss of both the good things and the bad, but let us recognize today where the light is still shining. Where has faith been passed successfully down from one generation to the next? What has God, by his mercy, by his providence, by his divine plan, nurtured, preserved, and sustained? This church. I heard two weeks ago that only three members of our church are left who can trace their roots to those 12 families who started First Presbyterian Church back in 1835. 12 families started this church. Their descendants have moved away or moved on. Only three members are left who can trace their family back to the original 12, while every person here today is blessed by their legacy. 
Like Samuel, who was adopted, taken in by Eli, every person here today has claimed their inheritance for his or her own. For while Eli's sight was growing dim, God still had a vision for the future. While Eli's sight was growing dim, and while the light may have flickered at times, consider with me how brightly the light burns today. For 60 years, our preschool has been educating kids. Today, as Betsy Sherwood, our preschool director, said, there are more students than ever before. And while Betsy has created space for all these students in rooms that have never been used as classrooms before, there's still a waiting list of 100 kids trying to get into our preschool. The light burns brightly. But how did it start? It started with a dream. It started with a prayer. It started with a nudge from God, yet now the light burns brightly. Likewise, for more than 30 years, our after-school program, born amid a Sunday school class whose members dared to believe they could do something to nurture underserved kids, has made a difference to generations now of children. I saw a picture of one of those kids last week on Facebook, a child who came to our church for after-school care who just started her senior year at Notre Dame University. Last week, I went to Hickory Hills Elementary School to deliver dictionaries for the Rotary Club with Buck Buchanan. And kids in those classes recognize me as Pastor Joe. It's me, Jordy, one said. Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe, I go to Club 330 at your church. One in ten students at that school has been coming here. Kids have been coming here for more than 30 years. But how did it start? It started with a dream in a Sunday school class. It started with a prayer. It started with a nudge from God as the light began to flicker. Yet now it burns so brightly that every member of the Marietta City School Board knows all about it. So consider with me this morning that hearing and responding to God's voice is not always easy. It's not always the way Charlton Heston made it look in the movies. It's more like the boy Samuel who needed help believing that God would call him by name. For him to believe that God would call him by name required Eli, one who remembered what it looks like when God is at work. The Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Friends, during the pandemic, I received a phone call from a member of the Marietta City Schools staff asking if we would like to distribute food from the Atlanta Food Bank. 
Had Charlton Heston been the one to receive the call, it would have been a confident and clear, yes, we would love to do that, but Charlton Heston didn't receive the call. I did. And when I heard about this opportunity, the first thing I did was doubted that it was a good idea. Yet, my friends, I'm the pastor of a church where a group of mothers felt a nudge to start a preschool and a Sunday school class worried about underserved kids and dared to believe that that might be a nudge to do something about it. And so while I was doubtful, while I wasn't certain, I asked a couple of members of the church staff to look into it. One of them was Reverend Cassie Waits who dared to believe that we might pull it off. Next thing you know, millions of meals have been distributed. Thousands of families have been fed. Each Tuesday morning, so many church members sort through rotten produce. Each Tuesday afternoon, they distribute the food to hundreds of cars who line up through our parking lots. I remember in the early days of the program, a neighboring church member called me. I was worried he was calling to complain about the cars who were blocking traffic in front of his house. Instead, he says, how far would $2,000 go? My friends, hear me say to you today, God is at work here. It's not always pretty. It's not always easy to see. That's because God does not always speak in thunderstorms and earthquakes. Sometimes the voice of God is heard in that still small voice, which might be his or might just be the old fogey sleeping in the next bedroom over. We don't always know. It's not always clear. But I want you to dare to believe something with me this morning. I want you to dare to believe that God is calling you to do something with your life, with your resources, with your time. For Christianity is no spectator sport and we are not called to sleep through the night quietly when we hear about the brokenness of our world. Our only recourse is not despair, but to wake up and hear his voice, to listen, to do something, to respond to the call, to walk out on the water even though we might sink, to reach out to our neighbor though she might tell us to keep on walking. For God is at work in our world today. God is at work in this church. God is still speaking. But you and I must learn to listen and to say, here I am. Send me. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. My friends, we're right here in October. And soon, if you don't have already, you're going to end up with a pledge card in your hand because October is not just college football season. It's not just Braves baseball season. It's also stewardship season. As you look at your pledge card this year, I want you to ask yourself, what might God do through me if I were willing to give of myself? What might God do in this church if I were more willing to give of myself? I've been trying to listen. 
I've been trying to follow. I've been singing that song for so long. Here I am, Lord, is it I, Lord, just hoping it might be me God was calling because I wanted to be like Samuel. I wanted God to use me for a higher purpose. If you're the same way, then dare to respond this year with your whole heart. For when we are willing, God will work through us to do miraculous things. The light has not gone out. Visions may not be widespread these days, but this church has a vision. Answer the call. Step out in faith. God is still speaking and God is at work here through us who are willing. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org. Thank you.